Okay. Hey, if, you, if you're not laughing and smiling right now, you're not alive. Can we give a hand clap and celebrate everybody for that original, very appropriate uh, uh, defining of our culture and our graduates? Andrew, Chris, thanks, brothers. That, that was awesome. That, that was greatness. Okay. Okay. Um, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to find them. If you have something to take some notes on, I encourage you to do that. You can find it on our app, or you can download it off the website. hope you've already done that. If you are a note-taker, uh, we're going to dive right in because we want to celebrate some seniors. So a little setup here for this experience. Hey, before I go there, I want to say a shout-out and thank you to everyone who came and donated blood yesterday. Uh, 65 pints. It doesn't sound like a whole lot, but there was a lot of very rare uh, donations. I don't mean bad rare donations, but you know the blood types uh, that are kind of hard to find. And so those that came out and did that want to say a shout out, thank you. We're going to do that again here in the future because the need is great. The need persists. Uh, uh, there in your message notes, just kind of dive in. Uh, there, there are two broad categories of people I believe that God loves, and this is number one here in your message notes. Uh, God is irrationally crazy about young and aging people. I mean, God is crazy about young people. God is mass-producing them at incredibly high levels. In fact, uh, every time a baby is born, this is what God is saying, I have not given up hope on the human race. That's what God is saying. In fact, every child that's born is an expression of hope. So if right now you have a student around you, a child around you, uh, maybe your own sibling, even they're an adult, I want you to turn and look them to them right now. And here's what I want you to tell them. Maybe you're going to text somebody and say, you, my son, you, my daughter, you are an expression of God's hope for the world. God is crazy about young people. But God is also irrationally crazy uh, about aging people. And notice I didn't say old people. Here around Pathway, we don't use the term old people. Uh, we think that old people is, uh, is a way, of, is a stinking thinking, that, that aging's a fact of life, but getting old is a choice, and that's a mindset. That's a stinking thinking mindset. But, but God is crazy about us aging people. After all, God is the most aged person in the history of time. So, so God loves uh, some aging people enormously. But unfortunately, we live in a world uh, that tends to separate and isolate uh, the young from the aged. Uh, we do that. We do that with music. Uh, we do that with entertainment. Uh, we do that with our leisure activities. We do with it with our styles of worship. In fact, I would say this past week has been a, a very painful reminder, the past two or three days, as we look particularly in the United States of America, uh, that the strategy of the enemy is to separate us and to isolate us by age, uh, by color, uh, by socioeconomics, whatever, to divide and to isolate us away from each other. But that is not a part of God's plan. That is not God's plan at all. Over in Psalm chapter 78, we read these verses. Uh, my people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things from old, things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their descendants. 
We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, of his power and the wonders that he has done, his decrees, his statutes for Jacob, and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. And they in turn would tell their children, and they would put their trust in God and they would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. And perhaps the single most important uh, passage of Scripture in the life of someone who was a Hebrew, uh, they would repeat it, sacred re repetition, at least twice a day. Deuteronomy chapter 6 is called the Shema. We'll put it on the screen also. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one not divided, one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. One more in Psalm 145. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. If you're taking notes, number two in your message notes, God's plan has always been for the generations to be connected uh, to each other, uh, to be with each other, uh, to learn from each other, to comfort each other, to empower each other, to sow seeds of love and hope in each other. Now, if you are a young person, you're in the younger category, you want to have relationships with the aging generation. You need their wisdom. You need their experience. Uh, you need them to teach you how to navigate uncharted waters when they come, because they will come. Uh, you need them to teach you uh, how to live a Christian life in a very unchristian world. Uh, you need the next generation uh, to teach you how to have a steady purpose when the world is very unsteady. And you aging folks, you folks who are moving in the other direction, uh, you need young people. You need them in your life. Uh, you need their enthusiasm. Uh, you need their energy. <laughs> hey, hey, you need them to teach you how to operate the the, the controller on your smart TV, right? Uh, you need them to teach you how to use all the complexities of that little smart device called your phone that you have. Uh, but you also need their uh, enthusiasm, the curiosity to learn new things. You know, the things that you no longer want to learn because you've just kind of, it can't be done. And you need those folks around your life who still believe that anything is possible with God and they would go out and attack it. And if you don't know which category you're in, I will just tell you, uh, I think you're old, and you need to figure it out. This morning, I want to pose two questions really for us to think about, and for some of you think the answers may be obvious, but maybe not so much in the way we live our life. And this is number three I would pose there in your message notes. And here's the, it's a question. Is growing up today uh, harder or easier? Is growing up today a harder or easier? Now, all the modern research says uh, that the graduated high school students today, uh, just in high school, uh, they have 
50, they have 500 to 800% more prevalent of clinical depression and severe anxiety than when I graduated from high school in 1973. That's 500% to 800% more prevalent. It doesn't get easier when they go to college. All the research so college students, 54% would say they experience severe, overwhelming anxiety. And I think the word to describe what these students are experiencing is incredible pressure. Parents, we live in a world, United States of America, where there are preschools that charge $37,000 a year for tuition, and parents fight to get in so their little three-year-old can be immersed in a second language, a foreign language, hoping it will help them get into an elite college as they get older. Interesting. Uh, we live in a world uh, where... Uh, Young people, if they cannot speak by a certain age, they're considered a problem. Einstein, for example, he did not speak till he was four years of age. His first language, he didn't know it till he was, he was four. If Einstein was born today, parents would be all panicked and worried. Oh, he's not talking well by four. Put him in some remedial class. Uh, where today we have the Baby Einstein Company makes a half a billion dollars a year on selling multimedia toys to get little kids to speak before the original Einstein ever could. The pressure's incredible we're putting upon our kids. Uh, we have children dropping out of sports at a very early age because they have discovered that in most, most parents' eye view and many of the world, that if you're not excelling in something, you're just not going to go on your college application, and sports now are just about getting uh, into college. Uh, the University of Nevada, believe it or not, uh, they uh, offered a scholarship to a 17-year-old, excuse me, to a 9-year-old boy named, named Harvey Finney, nine years of age, to play football. So, my gosh, if you don't have a scholarship by the age of 11, just quit, drop out. Why bother? You're not even good. And then you have this woman named Riley Weston uh, who was given a $300,000 contract with Disney at the age of 19 and, and all the entertainment industry. Man, she is the next big, great writer, awesome, incredible writer. There's only a problem. Uh, she wasn't 19. She was 32. Uh, she lied about her age. Because if they thought she was 32, they wouldn't hire. Because you got to hit it big, and you got to hit it while you're young. You see, our students, parents, you need to get this, especially those of you younger ones. We live in an age that these kids, if they're not crushing their SATs and their ACTs and all these entrance exams, and if they feel like they're not accepted some top-tier university or some top-tier certification program, and if they're not reinventing their industry... And if they're not a social media influencer, right? I mean, just all these followers from all over by the age of 19 or 20, they're a big OL. They're a loser. And now we had this 2019, we had this admission scandal. Uh, we all heard about all over the news about these parents who bribed, bribed their students' way to be accepted into a top-tier uh, educational facility. And now we are in 2020 where our students, many getting out of high school and some you're going to hear about getting out of college, 
uh, with the economic certain certainty and jobs going away and just uh, so much fear and uncertainty. Uh, I think it's easy to say uh, growing up is harder, much harder. But I want to say something to our students. We got a few out in the crossing here this morning, and to anyone that's watching online. Um, I particularly am very proud of this current generation. Uh, I, I've noticed your resiliency, the compassion that you have for the world. You're concerned about things that are going on in the world even now. And I've noticed how you care for each other when bad things happen. Uh, I've been following many of you on Facebook and social media. I, I know how many of you in your school hallways of your school are trying to make a positive difference and an influence for change. And many of you are serious about your faith. And uh, today, I, I am very proud to be one of your pastors and one of the people in this church who get to speak into your life because you've spoken into my life in so many ways, and I'm encouraged by the next generation that is becoming. And yet, I must tell our church family as a whole uh, that I'm haunted by another statistic. And all the research shows that 40 to 50% of high school graduates uh, will not stick with their faith. Uh, they will leave and not participate in a church family, not participate in a church body. Uh, think about it. Uh, we're practicing social dis distancing this morning, uh, but we have some 45 seniors uh, in the house. And one by one in a minute, they're going to walk across. We're going to give them a Bible. But what if I was able to put all 45 of them in a row here, and I would just go one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, and every other one according to the odds, will walk away from their faith. They won't practice their faith in college. They won't practice their faith in whatever in the military or, or whatever institutional training or wherever they're going to the workforce. They, they won't do it. Now, some may come back, uh, but many will not. They will not. This concerns me. Uh, it bothers me. Uh, it troubles me greatly. So I have to ask the question again, is passing on your for the, next, the next question I, I want to ask you, uh, is passing on the faith uh, to the next generation, is it optional? Is it passing on to the faith? It, you know, is, is it optional? Is it? Uh, I, I will tell you, I, I've sat around with the lots of parents, lots of parents. And I know one of the number one concerns that, that a parent who really knows God and they love God voraciously, uh, their number one concern is for the spiritual well-being of their children. If you're a parent and you love God and you, and you just, men are just passionate about your faith, you're concerned about that. And, and students, you need to know some of your parents, they're really concerned about that. Uh, I've sat around with way too many parents who have suffered. Listen, students, they have suffered because of your addiction. Because of you getting involved in all these relationships that are not wise, impulsive decision-making. Getting involved in groups and activities that are contrary to what's true to the values and the faith of your family. And some of them just suffer seeing you emotionally suffer. You, the depression, the pressure, and the anxiety that you're feeling, and they can't do anything about it. And some of you, you just don't have a, a foundation of faith in God through Jesus Christ to stand upon and fall upon. And I know so many parents are concerned. So church body, i got to ask you the question again. 
is passing on our faith to the next generation. Is it optional? I think some of us, we kind of think that it is by the way we live and by the way we act. The purpose statement of Pathway Church is this. Uh, we exist to glorify God by sharing the love and grace of Jesus Christ with as many people as we can. And so the obvious question is, are, are children, uh, are they people? Students, are they people? Yes, they are people. And it's our calling, it is our lot to share the love and grace of Jesus Christ with as many children and students as we can. And I would say, any of us aging adults, none of us who are people of faith have come to faith on our own, that there was somebody before us, a generation before us, who sacrificed their time, their energy, their money, their resources, their schedule, that you and I might have the opportunity to come to faith. And for some of us now, it's our turn. But there are other reasons why you want to be nice to the younger generation. Uh, Jim Burns, in a little book called uh, Parenting Your, your Grown-Up Children or your, growing, your, your Adult Children, and this is what he puts right here on the screen. He's put on the screen. He says, be kind to your adult children. Uh, they are the ones who will take away your car keys and care for you when you can't care for yourself. So it's a very practical reason you want to be nice to the next generation. Hey, so to all my family, uh, uh, Justin and Laura, Jacob and Summer, uh, James and Corinne. Oh, we love you so much. Remember, we're taking you on vacation this summer, right? Uh, we have something for you in the will. I'm just saying, just saying, uh, just a little reminder there. Uh, don't take my car keys away yet, okay? Uh, but just saying. But there is a deeper reason. We know there's a more significant reason that why we want to be nice to the next generation and pass on faith. And that's because God asked us to do it. In fact, Jesus modeled it. Over in Matthew chapter 19, Jesus is teaching, and the disciples rebuke the parents who bring their kids up to Jesus. And Jesus said, hey, hinder them not. Let the little children come unto me. And he placed his hands upon them, and he blessed them. Please get this, church family. Jesus uh, was the first children's pastor. And you may not aware of it, uh, but the disciples, it's very thought that many of the disciples or all of them were teenagers, uh, at least all but one. Uh, it was a common practice when you were turned 20 years of age in Israel uh, that every male going to the temple had to pay a temple tax. And over in, in Matthew chapter 17, uh, Jesus and the disciples are going to the temple. And Jesus turns to Peter and says, Peter, I want you to pay the tax for you and me, but not for the other disciples. It was also a common practice in that day. It was known that most men were married by close to the age of 18. But Peter in the Scriptures is the only one disciple that's referred to as being married. So you know what that suggests? That suggests possibly, we don't know for sure, that all of the other disciples were teenagers. And that means that Jesus was the first youth pastor. And the disciples were the first youth group. Does that raise the bar a little bit, church family? Church family, this morning on Senior Celebration Sunday, I am calling anyone who calls Pathway their home, I don't care if you live in the geographic area or in some of the zip code far away, to acknowledge that we have a call from God to pass on our faith in Jesus Christ to the next generation. 
Don't tell me you're old. That's stinking thinking. If you're not dead, you're not done. The word retirement is not in the Bible. Uh, the word Florida, not in the Bible. The world, adult-only community, no youth allowed, not in the Bible. What is in the Bible is this picture of these multi-generations all living together in faith and sharing and learning from one another. This also is Pentecost Sunday. It's the day we celebrate the birthday of the church and with, with the, where Peter has this incredible sermon and the Holy Spirit is poured out. And he has this one verse in, in Acts chapter 2, verse 17. He says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters, your children, they will prophesy. Your young men, your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In other words, the Holy Spirit is going to pour out wisdom and intellect and all supernatural power on young people and aging people together, and together they will be the church. Together they are the church. Not separate, not divided, but they are one. They are the body of Christ. Um, all the research shows a little book called Sticky Faith. If any of you are interested, go check out this book called Sticky Faith. Uh, it show, all the research shows uh, that young people who stick to their faith it's because they had an experience in their church which they were raised of worshiping with the larger worshiping body. Now, they just weren't set aside for their own programming. That is why, church, I want to make sure you understand this. Uh, so many of your kids, they're going to leave, and when they leave, they go away, and they have no identity with the church as a whole, just with the youth group or just with the class, but not with the, with the church as a whole. So as a result, they're less comfortable in going. So here at Pathway... This is why we're doing this uh, on the weekend. Uh, we don't have programming on Sunday mornings or Saturday nights uh, for our senior highs. Uh, we do on Wednesday night, and for our juniors, we also do on Wednesday night for our junior highs. But on Sunday morning, we want our high school and college students in worship with the aging adults, increasing the likelihood of faith being passed on, and it's sticking to them. And here's what that means. That means that when I come to worship, it's not about my preference. It's not about my style of music. It's not about my decibel level. Please listen. It's not about my style because I would rather sacrifice my wants, my desires, so I can pass on the faith to the next generation instead of satisfying my wants and being a part of a church that dies. How about you? So this morning, I'm calling out all the aging adults in our church family. Uh, when you get back on campus, on worshiping on campus, I'm going to ask you to be looking for the young people and the students in our church. I want you to be looking for them. Uh, I want you to go introduce yourself to them. Look them in the eye. Uh, yes, we're going to be able to shake hands and hugs. Ask them their name. Ask them how they're doing. Tell them you're glad to see them. Tell them that you're glad that you're here. Get to know them. And if it's a child, get down on your knees and look them in the eye with that child. And, hey, hey, what is your name? Uh, what grade are you in? How are you? Act interested, irrationally crazy about this child, about this student. I'm asking you to do that, okay? And if you're a parent, I'm asking you to ask yourself a question right now. What is the next step for me in my life? What is my next step? 
of demonstrating faith, passing on faith to my son, to my daughter, to my children. What's my next step? Uh, many things it could be. But I want you to ask yourself the question. It's different for everybody. Uh, maybe it's you're going to start reading the Bible and you're going to let your student, your, your child, see you read the Bible or your morning devotion time or journal. Better yet, you'll let them come alongside you and do it with you. Uh, you're going to talk to them about your faith. You're going to have at least one serious conversation about life, and not just about sports, not just about entertainment and pop culture and music and everything, but really what's going on in the world now uh, with this, all the turmoil in America. How does faith in play with that? And you're going to have serious conversation. You're going to talk about your doubts. You're going to talk about your struggles. You're going to talk about your fears. Talk about your failures. Let your child see and know you love to worship. You love to serve. You love to give. Let them know about how you give. You know, give them your tithe and your time and your talent. Let them know you love serving and you love growing. Somehow just model that for them. And parents, I've got to say this to you. I want to remind you something. Your job is to grow out of a job. You know what I mean by that? Your job is to grow out of a job. Uh, we have too many helicopter and lawnmower parents that just stay hovering the whole time, even when those kids go to college. I want you to release your children to God. In fact, right there, I want you to say it. Look at your kids and say, if you're in the crossing, you have your student, say, I release you to God. Say it again. I release you into the care of God. Uh, there comes a point where you just have to do that. I mean, I still hear crazy stories like this of, of a college uh, professor who gets a phone call uh, from the president of the university because the president of the university got a phone call from a parent. Say, I cannot believe my kid made a D and blah, 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 and this class, they made a D. And the college, the college uh, president goes, okay, I'll check it out, calls the professor. The professor says, well, tell you the truth, it was closer to an F than a D. And so the president calls the parent back and says, I have to beg to differ with you. There's no way that was an F. I got my MBA from Stanford University, and I wrote that paper myself, right? I mean, just parents, <laughs> back off. It's time to let them grow up and let them fail and figure. you got to work yourself out of a job and let them go figure things out. Be there to coach, be there to mentor, be there to, be there to advise when they ask for it. But you got to back off and give them over to God for them to figure some things out. And if you're an adult here at this church, I don't care where you live, I ask you to ask yourself, aging adults, hey, what is my next step in helping pass on the faith to the next generation? Uh, ask myself, what, what, what is my role uh, in my church family? What is it? Um, do, do, I, do, I, do I need to just kind of get to know some students? Do I need to, to become a small group leader? Uh, do I need to say, hey, listen, put me down on the list. How can I you come to my house one week and use my house for something? How can I use my company to provide a need for our youth and our students of the church family? Hey, I live in Florida. I live in Ohio. I live here. How can I participate in my community in which I live and investing in the next generation. I'm just asking, church, please, don't sit on the sidelines and say the world is going to a hell in a handbasket. Get off your dove and invest your life in the next generation. If nothing else, hey, in a moment, when all these students walk by, they're getting ready to walk by, okay? We're going to say their name. I want to encourage you to get a pen and a paper, write down their name. Write down the name of every student. 
And you, and you just make a commitment that you're going to pull out two or three and you're going to pray for them. Uh, maybe, maybe you're going to study. Uh, you're going to become a student of two or three students. Uh, you're going to get to know them on social media. Uh, you're going to call up here at the church and ask permission uh, to get their, their address, to send them a, a note, to send them an email. You want to encourage them. But just be someone that's investing in the next generation because there's something that's sacred and holy that happens when a young person discovers that an older person, an aging person, is irrationally crazy about them. I mean irrationally crazy about them. Something holy happens when that occurs. Uh, there is a, a woman here, uh, Louise, and she, Louise was a retired nurse, uh, 80 years of age, a five-foot diminutive small, a, a wind blows and it will knock her down, uh, Louise. And uh, uh, COVID-19 hits. And she's been a rocking grandmother, rocking babies up there in the, in the local hospital. And so when the COVID-19 hit, they said, man, you, you got to go. And she said, I'm not going. No, but you got to go. So listen, I'm a registered nurse. I know all the protocol. Uh, there's some babies up here. And she was working with babies that had cancer. And there were a few that were critically ill. And she knew there had been a promise made to a single mom who had been diagnosed with COVID-19 who could not stay up there with her baby. And so she had to leave and Louise promised her, uh, your baby will not die. She will, he will not be by himself. And so Louise stayed at her own peril. And she rocked and she held that little cancer-riddled baby. She sang to him. She prayed over him. She cooed. She ooed. She awed. And he died in her arms of a stranger, an aging adult who became irrationally crazy about that little boy. And it was holy and it was sacred. Church family, I'm asking you, please, don't get a hard heart for the next generation. Don't do it. Don't do it. I, for one, I want to invest in them. I want them to know they are precious. They are loved. They are valued. They are God's expression of hope for the world, and we need them. And so I ask you, please join us, not just this morning, but every week in this endeavor. And I want to close by saying something to our students, uh, students that are here and that are students that are scattered about. Uh, four things, all four, really quick, just boom, 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 boom. Here's the first one. Uh, God loves you. You may be in a home where you're uncertain about what love is really like. You may never really experience love, true love. But God loves you. And you discover that through the person of Jesus Christ. Secondly, God will never leave you, ever. Uh, some of you seniors this year, uh, you learned bad things happen, both at BHS and CHS particularly. we got some other seniors, but you've had people, friends that have died at a very early age. Tough stuff, painful stuff, people dear to you. But I want you to hear this, God, when those things happen, God will never leave you, and there's nothing you can do that will cause him to turn his back on you ever. 
That's number two. Here's number three. Uh, your church loves you. We love you. I love you. We're proud of you. And fourthly, we will not leave you or forsake you. We will stay alongside of you. If you will allow us, we will walk through you into the uncertainty of this world that's so chaotic and so crazy and so much hatred and so much drama and so much uncertainty. We will walk with you and we will not leave you if you will let us. That's a promise that we make to you on this day in this time. And so this morning, Dorinda, I want you to come on up here. Dorinda, our youth pastor, come on up here, Dorinda, and get ready here. Just, just wait one second here. Um, we're going to honor you. Uh, we're going to celebrate you. Uh, we want to show our respect for you. And I'm going to give you a Bible uh, to every senior to pass on the torch of faith to you, the next generation, praying the torch is going to burn bright in your hands. And one day you too will pass on the faith to another, the next generation. Seniors, we honor you. Thank you so much, Rick. I'm so honored to be a part of a church and a community that values the next generation. Thank you to the leaders who show up week in and week out to pour into the lives of these students. First, I would like to honor another group of seniors, the college graduates. I would like to start with Erica Fletcher. Erica graduated from the University of North Texas which, with a bachelor's in psychology and counseling and a minor in sociology. Lauren Gell. Lauren graduated from the Berkeley College of Music. She has a bachelor's of music and contemporary music production and songwriting. Adriana Morton. Adriana graduated from Texas A&M. She has a degree in interdisciplinary studies. Tyler Roden. Tyler graduated from Tarleton State University, Fort Worth. He has a degree with a Bachelor of Science in Psychology. Brandon Webb. Brandon graduated from Texas A&M with a Bachelor's in Industrial Distribution. Congratulations to the class of 2020 college graduates. Now, I am very excited to introduce to you the class of 2020 high school seniors. Berkeley Bodiford. Berkeley graduated from Burleson High School. She is going to Texas Tech, Reckham Tech, and will pursue her degree in animal science. Congratulations, Berkeley. Next, we have Jacob Bergarelli. Jacob graduated through his homeschool program. He is going to go to Tarrant County College where he will pursue his degree in elementary education. Congratulations, Jacob. Michaela Daniels. Michaela graduated from Centennial High School. She is gonna to go to Hill College through the generosity of the Burleson Opportunity Fund. She wants to pursue her degree in nursing. Congratulations, Michaela. Riley Davis. Riley graduated from Joshua High School. She is going to go to Abilene Christian University, where she will pursue her degree in pre-med biology. Skylar Davis. Skylar graduated from Joshua High School and wants to pursue his options as a diesel mechanic. 
Brandon Desmond. Brandon Desmond graduated from Burleson High School. He is going to enter in the Air Force. Thank you, Brandon. Congratulations. Emma Desmond. Emma graduated from the Burleson High School. She's going to go to Hill College, and then her plans are to transfer to Charlton and get her degree in nursing. Congratulations, Emma. Thank you. Abby Dole. Abby also graduated from Burleson High School. Abby has plans to go to Blinn College, where she will then transfer to Texas A&M and pursue her, pursue her degree as a physical therapist. Congratulations, Abby. Thomas Drennan. Thomas graduated from the Brazos River Charter School. He is going to go to Hill College and get a certification in welding with dreams to own his own business. Congratulations, Thomas. Anna Bren Efforts. Anna Bren graduated from Centennial High School. She is going to go to Texas State University and complete her degree in interior design. Congratulations, Anna Bren. Zane Franklin. Zane Franklin graduated from Centennial High School. He is going to go to Texas State Technical College where he will pursue his certification as a diesel mechanic. Congratulations, Zane. Brayden Freeman. Brayden graduated from Centennial High School. Brayden has a desire to play baseball in college and is currently trying to decide which college he will go to. If you're a college coach, be sure to look for him. Congratulations, Brayden. Parker, good job. Parker graduated from Centennial High School. He wants to own his own business. Next, we have Carter Hunt. Carter graduated from Timber Creek High School. He's going to enter the Army on June 15th, so let's give him a round of applause. Carson Halleck. Carson is going graduated from Burleson High School. He's going to attend the University of Jamestown where he will play football and baseball. Congratulations, Carson. Morgan Hot. Morgan is going to attend Texas State University. He graduated from Centennial High School, and he's going to pursue his degree in business marketing. Congratulations, Morgan. Madeline Howard. Madeline graduated from Centennial High School. Madeline is going to attend Charlton State University, where she will pursue her degree as a wildlife vet. Congratulations, Madeline. Colson Johns. Colson graduated from Burleson High School. He has the desire to become a firefighter and paramedic. Congratulations, Colson. Abby Duray. Abby graduated from Centennial High School. She has been accepted into the Honors College at the University of Arkansas, where her desire is to become a speech pathologist. Congratulations, Abby. Griffin Lane. Griffin Lane graduated from the Burleson Collegiate High School. He is going to go to the University of Texas in Arlington, where he will pursue his degree as a mechanical engineer. Delilah Lewis. Delilah graduated from Joshua High School, and she is also going to attend the University of Texas at Arlington. Congratulations, Delilah. Jasmine Lewis. Jasmine also graduated from Joshua High School. She is going to attend Texas Tech, Reckham Tech, where she is going to pursue her degree in biochemistry. Camden McFarland. Camden is graduated from Centennial High School. He is also going to go to Texas Tech, where he will pursue his degree in mechanical engineering. Congratulations, Camden. 
Leighton McGarity. Leighton McGarity graduated from Centennial High School. Leighton is going to attend Tarleton State University. His desire is to earn a degree in nursing. Congratulations, Leighton. Next, we have Connor Meek. Connor Meek graduated from Centennial High School. Connor is going to start at Tarrant County College, where he will transfer to a larger university to complete his degree in business. Congratulations, Connor. Next, we have Caitlin Maljan. Caitlin graduated from Burleson High School. She is going to enter the military. Congratulations. Next, we have Jonah Moore. Jonah graduated from Joshua High School. He is going to go to TNCC, where he wants to earn his EMT paramedic, paramedic firefighter certification so that he can, in the end, become an ER nurse. Thank you, Jonah. Riley Mosley. Riley graduated from Burleson High School. Riley is going to go to Oklahoma State University, where she hopes to earn her degree in architectural engineering. Paula Nolan. Paula graduated from Centennial High School. Paula is going to go to Texas A&M, where she wants to major in business with a minor in Spanish. Congratulations, Paula. Kaylin Overstreet. Kaylin graduated from Centennial High School. Kaylin is going to attend Hill College, where she hopes to earn her degree in nursing. Congratulations, Kaylin. Kagan Payne. Kagan graduated from Centennial High School. Kagan is already a welder and plans to pursue his career. We're so proud of you, Kagan. Kaysen Quisenberry. Kaysen graduated from Grandview High School. He is going to attend Texas A&M, where he plans to pursue his degree in visualization. Annabelle Raton. Annabelle graduated from Centennial High School. Annabelle plans to attend the Paul Mitchell School of Cosmetology, where she hopes to own her own studio. Congratulations. Connor Revis. Connor graduated from, from Joshua High School. Connor is going to attend Dallas Baptist University with plans to major in cybersecurity and computer science. He is also going to run on the cross-country team. Jordan Rosser. Jordan graduated from Centennial High School. She is going to attend Fort Lewis College in Durango, where she is going to also play soccer. Congratulations, Jordan. Next, we have Caden Smith. Caden Smith graduated from Joshua High School. Caden's going to attend Hill College where he plans to major in business. Colby Smith. Colby Smith graduated from Crossroads High School. He is going to enter into the Burleson Works Program and earn his certification as a welder. Congratulations, Colby. Micah Tatum. Michael graduated from Burleson High School and he is going to enter into the Air Force. Thank you, Micah. Next, we have Liberty Torrance. Libby is graduated from Crossroads High School. She is going to go to Hill College to pursue her dream of becoming a mental health counselor. Congratulations, Liberty. Lillian Torres. Lillian graduated from Burleson High School. Lillian is going to attend a college to earn her degree in business administration with a minor in sports science. Congratulations, Lillian. Tabor West. Tabor graduated from Little Elm High School. Tabor has unlimited possibilities for what he's going to do next, and I will be the first person on his reference list when he gets ready. Congratulations, Tabor. 
Colton White. Colton graduated from Burleson High School. He's gonna go to UTA to pursue his degree in mechanical engineering, all while participating in the band program. Rachel Wisden. Rachel graduated from Nazarene Christian Academy. She's gonna go to, Ab I'm sorry, she graduated from Nazarene Christian Academy. She's gonna go to Abilene Christian University where she will pursue her degree in nursing. Congratulations, Rachel. We also have a couple of seniors who weren't able to be with us today, but we want to honor them as well. We have Violet Baker who graduated from Centennial and plans to pursue um, her certification in cosmetology. Vernon Bullock, Vernon is also going to the University of Jamestown to play football. We also have TJ Pound. TJ graduated from Burleson High School and is going to the University of Incarnate Word to play baseball. And we also have Emily Shelton. Congratulations to the class of 2020. We are so proud of you. At this time, we're gonna have Paula Nolan come up and help close us out in a prayer. Paula is one of our seniors that is graduating, but she's also one of our leaders. Paula has shown up every Wednesday night this school year to pour into the life of sixth grade students, and we're so honored that she is gonna join us to pray. Um, please bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you so much for this wonderful day and this opportunity to meet again as seniors after everything that has happened. Thank you so much for this community at Pathway Church that we've had to grow up and grow in your grace and just learn about your faith and everything. I pray that as our seniors all progress into college campuses that we run back to you in everything we do and just run into your grace and mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray. All right, why don't y'all just kind of step to the side there if you don't mind, just kind of to the right over there. And, um, and uh, church family, I want to say again, how important it is. We're not just talking about some little ceremony here. We're talking about passing on the faith and preparing and investing in the next generation who are expressions of hope for a world. And if you've been reading the news, keeping up with anything for the past few days, you know uh, we need the talents and the skills and the passion and the heart of this next generation. So I'm going to ask you to join me in prayer for all of them right now. And if, if you're a parent anywhere uh, in, in the facility or in your home, I would ask you to place your hands upon your children uh, or put your arms around your children, upon your graduates. I want to ask you to do that right now. And uh, we'll close this time out in prayer. Okay, uh, let's pray. God, we assemble here acknowledging that you are the creator, you are the sustainer of life, that every child, God, that has been born, every child, you know their name, God. Uh, you knit them in their mother's womb. You gave them life. Uh, there, there are no accidents. Uh, there are no random births, God. But that every human being, God, that comes into this earth, you have a mission and you have a purpose for them. You have a plan for their life. A plan is not to harm them. The plan is to prosper them, to give them a hope and a future. A plan, God, for them to know how much you love them and how much their life matters, not because of what they do, but because of who they are. They are your children. So God is the body of faith, and, and as parents, we place hands upon these students and upon these children asking uh, you to pour out your blessing upon them. Uh, pour out your Holy Spirit upon them. Uh, pour out your wisdom, God. Pour out faith upon them. Uh, help them resolve unanswered questions. 
Uh, give them confidence in the midst of a, a very uncertain world. Uh, regardless of the calling you have upon their life, whatever their profession, uh, whatever their lot in life, where they would go, God, give them purpose, give them meaning to help change the world in which we live, God. And we pray they would use them, God, to help right the ship of this place called America. That you would use them to help us to learn how to love one another and to practice the teachings of Jesus. So God, we, we celebrate them, we honor them, and we commend them into your care now to raise them up and use them for your purpose. And all the parents and all God's people said, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Thanks, everybody. Have a great high school celebration, whatever you're doing in the coming days. We'll see you next weekend. Third uh, message series of Mindset. Bye.